Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today, we are talking about Warbreaker, chapters 33, 34, 35, and 36, wherein Denth teaches Vivenna a little bit about awakening, just in time for her to get kidnapped. Lightsong and Blushweaver have a bit of a conversation about where things are headed here, and then Blushweaver and Siri have a, a bit of a conversation for the first time. And then Bluefinger shows back up. So there's all sorts of stuff happening in the Siri end of things. Vivenna awakes to find she's been kidnapped by Vasher and then escapes only to find out that the people she thought were her friends are not so much her friends. And the one who was her friend is dead. So then we cut back to Siri and Susabron making plans, trying to decide what they're going to do for the future. So a lot of stuff to cover this time. A lot of a lot of a lot of ins and outs, a lot of strands in the old duder's head. I'm Data. And with me today is Jack, Jamie, and Joe. So hang on to something, everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. To emerge and to breathe anew for a purpose so far from my own. And this world I've awoken to seems familiar, but somehow unknown. And the branches of gold on the skyline out to the sweep of the stars the beginnings and endings of lifetimes a guidance of light from afar down, 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 so yeah we bumped up to four chapters this time just in time for some uh some interesting things to be happening what did you guys think of these four chapters fucking called it yep yep no it was very i mean as, as satisfied as you can be when you go down and find a whole bunch of dead animals <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just so happy about those dead animals. Yeah. I mean, we, we were wondering for a while there. It's like, what is he doing with these pets? Is he really just losing them or is something else going on? And uh, something else is going on. Yep, uh, and it was not pleasant. But no, like, good chapters. Glad that Vasha has finally intersected with the rest of the cast, or at least one of them. Because I think that's something that has just been nagging at me a bit this book is like there hasn't been really a lot of crossover between the storylines aside from Siri and Light Song. It's been mm-hmm. very disparate. So it's nice to see it all coming together. Horrific reveal with uh, with Denth and Tonkfar and Jules and what the, and what they're doing. But it has it it does have me convinced. It's like yeah, these guys definitely aren't the big bad. So that like they're just they're working for they're working for someone. So we'll see how that how that all pans out. Cool to see Vivenna just going. All right, I need to use my wits and be and be clever. Like her getting away from those three was a really cool moment. Use, using Claude like that, so I was very, I was very happy with that. And the Siri Bluefingers thing is like, oh, that has given me a lot of thoughts that I will say for predictions, but mm, lot to <laughs> unpack there. Yeah, a lot, lot happens in, uh, well, in in this section as a whole, but in that uh, Siri Bluefingers conversation, it feels like there's a lot yep. going on. Yep. I, I do have to say, since we we got right to it, Denth, the the, the Denth Tonkfa reveal, uh, Jules, I guess. I mean, I I was never really all that in love with Jules because she was always a jerk anyway. But the first time I read this book, that reveal took me completely by surprise. I never suspected really? for a moment that they were anything other than these fun uh, mercenaries that they seem to be. And as a result, like, I really loved them. And then the reveal comes. And since then, I just I hate them. Like on rereads, yeah. I'm just like, I hate you so much because you tricked me so well the first time. I can't stand you anymore. I think Tonk is the worst because he does just seem to he, he tortures things for fun. That's yep. his deal. Yep. So, on an atomic level, fuck that guy. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, ain't nobody paying him to torture his animals down there. That's just him having a good time. Yep. Ugh. It's true. Yep. There's actually in one of the earlier annotations that obviously a section I didn't read to you, Brandon. It's like, yeah, you know, so Tongfa is really just a um, a sociopath, and uh, he he enjoys causing pain and stuff. And so it's like, oh, so that's nice to know about him. Yeah. Wow. These this there's a lot to digest here. You know, when you can think someone's bad, and then and then something happens, and you're like, wow, I still didn't expect how bad you were. <laughs> Like, in terms of your bad, I, w- I was predicting bigger bad than what that was, but not quite as horrific bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I did, I did kind of like that even in, their, in their, their, their badness, they still done goofed. You know, it's like she actually <laughs> ran away. If you'd, if you'd considered it with some kind of uh, care, then perhaps you would be, uh, you know, not have undone your own mission. And now you've just made things worse for yourselves by revealing your true nature. Poor Parlin. Right? I really, I was really happy that he had that moment with Vivenna. I just thought that, you know, yes, okay, Vivenna, it's not all about you. Settle down. He doesn't like you that way. And then, yeah, obviously, horrifically betrayed in the end by by the lot of them. It's like, yeah, no one ever ever thought to mention or ever thought to consider that maybe something else had happened to her, not that she had just run away. Okay. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, so while I don't think it took us completely by surprise that they, they were bad, I think I wasn't expecting that. That was pretty nasty. I'm I'm glad that we got a little bit of of uh, Vivenna kind of changed her ways a little bit in that I, we were hoping for that wake mm-hmm. up moment from last week's chapters, and I think we were definitely getting that, and I think we're still going to get that further. But you know, to actually manage to awaken something and then use Claude as well. I think that shows pretty significant growth for her, which was good. Man, I hate Blush Weaver. <laughs> like, she's even worse than I thought. She, yeah, awful. Awful vile. She's nice enough to light song, but no. Yeah, no, I don't like you at all. I still, like, I, I like kind of the, the interaction between Siri and uh, Bluefingers. That was, that was good. It'd be interesting to see where we go from here. Lots of things to kind of get you rethinking. I'm kind of disappointed we didn't get more with Vasha. And I'm I'm now now how things have fallen apart with Dent, I sort of hope we do get more with with Vasha. I just I kind of feel like we we've gotten to this point where we're like, I don't know where anyone stands now. <laughs> Who do you trust? Who do you not trust? Like, not a clue. Which is a fine position to be in at this point in the book. <laughs> yeah, we're halfway through. We have no idea what's going on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds about right. Checks out. I mean, it is. Uh, it obviously we can't trust the mercenaries, but also you know, Vasher kidnapped her and tied her up, so not really easy to trust that guy either. No, no, exactly. But I'm like, I, I was thinking when we were reading it, I'm like, well, she could make a run for the palace. She could try and get in that way and be like, I'm the queen's sister. Like, someone help yeah. me. But I mean, I don't think they'd give her the time of day either. That's an interesting point. I wonder if they would like, uh, I mean, she can mm. prove with her like changey hair or whatever that she's actually related. So mm. would they care? Hmm. What is she going to do? I guess maybe that's really that that's that's a predicament section thing. But mm. are you asking me or are you holding off? I don't uh, you, you can answer if you want or you can say I'm holding off for predicaments. And then if you don't have an idea, it'll, you, you have until then to figure one out. So yeah, whatever you want. Let's go with that. Let's okay. go with that. <laughs> Everybody work on that for the end. Well, that'll be one of our predicaments is what is Vivenna going to do now? 
where do we go from here? Uh, hey, these chapters are good. So the series stuff, interesting. You know, I, I don't really know what her play is here with Blue Fingers, but I but I like that she's doing something. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. You know, Blush Reaper was not nice to her, called her a slut. That's not cool. Also, I don't understand. I guess maybe it's just a, an amount of jealousy because she, you know, fools around with humans, regular human people. But like, I don't, I don't think Light Song's interested her, interested in <laughs> her in that way. But you know, I guess if your whole thing is sexuality and oozing it, you know, because you can only ooze sexuality or pus. Those are the, the, the two things, right? <laughs> I guess if that's your can you thing. Blood? Uh, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. Uh, pus is a type of blood. So it's, it's white blood cells, right? Oh, okay, that makes sense. And so, yeah, you got that stuff going on. You, you may think, like, that's the only thing that could happen is he's interested in her physically, which, you know, come on, get a get a brain, Blush Weaver. But whatever. So we have that. And, and so I still think this is setting up for Vasher to be good guy because, uh, you know, Vasher knows how awful Denth is. And his real problem seems to be with Denth, not so much the princess. Like, he was like, what? You know, I don't know how... He could he got this woman to work for him. And then, you know, he's like, hey, you're ruining my plans because, you know, her allegiance with Denth is is more the issue, I think, and what she's involved in, not so much who she is. So I'm going to say that uh, if Denth is this bad and they are at odds, then, yeah, like if Denth's running around with a sociopath and a and a girl and her dead boyfriend and. I don't think he's the I, I don't think he could be seen as the good guy in the situation, regardless, uh, you know, of, of what Vasher may look like from the outside here at this point, because we still really don't know anything about what Vasher's motive is here. Nope. He's he's been the least on the scene and the least known about what's going on with him. So I have hope that that he'll end up being, you know, a more interesting guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, a, a couple of interesting things as we'll get into, you know, she touched the sword and it talked to her and she didn't like, you know, she freaked out and it made her sick, but she didn't like die or anything. Nothing bad specifically happened to her. So mm-hmm. besides the sickness. So that is an interesting tidbit. And then, yeah, she used some awakening. So maybe that she'll learn how to do that some more on her own, seeing as how it doesn't look like Den's going to teach her at this point. Yeah, probably but not. Uh, yeah, probably not. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to what what's coming next. But I do feel the same as Jamie. It's like we're 50 percent through the book. And now it's like, what the hell's going on now? So I'm hoping for answers soon. But, yeah, I enjoyed the chapters overall for sure. It kind of sucks for her that she didn't get more lessons in awakening, especially like she awakens that rope. And then she's like, I don't know how to get the breath back out of this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess I'll shove it in my pocket for now. And, and she's like, that'll help me. Nope. She killed your uh, boyfriend. And uh, yeah, it's not good. Not so much. Uh, all of her friends are not her friends, except for the dead guy. That's uh, yes. I, I agree with Jamie. It's a real shame about Parlin. That poor guy. He he never got that much development, and now uh, he pre-did. He was one of those characters like he gets like the absolute minimal amount of uh, development right before he dies. He's the Gorodel of this book. <laughs> oh, poor Gorodel. Not wrong. No, you're not wrong. No, he didn't say you're wrong. He just said poor Gordel. His, his, <laughs> his family lived on, though. Yeah, sure. That's what they want you to think. It's probably like his uncle or something. Wait, his uncle from 300 years afterwards? Sure. Okay. Don't you know how time works? He got involved with Chris, and she taught him the time bendy shit. <laughs> yeah. That's why, he, you know, she's still alive 300 years later. He's still alive 300 years later. 
Yeah. All right. I'll go with it. Chris, Chris has a lot of uh, a lot of stuff she can do. Although, I guess we actually saw Chris behind the scenes during that era in Secret History, and she was like, "Yeah, the perpendicularity's messed up now, so I, I think we're just gonna have to leave." <laughs> anyway, anyway, sorry. Let's. let's she move says into that this. in Secret History, but then she comes back in uh, Second Era. Well, yeah, in the Second Era, but I just mean like she couldn't have gotten onto Skadriel to talk to anyone related to Gordell at that point. I guess. Okay. Let's let's do this. Let's get into these four chapters. Although it's we start with Jules repairing Claude, and that is when I'm going to immediately jump to the the annotations because he's okay. like, so wh- why is Ju- why does Jules bother sewing up Claude? Yeah, I know, right? Why fix a lifeless at all? Dense answer is a good one, but it could use more exploration. And so he's going to give us some information behind the scenes about how this magic works a little bit. Mm. You see, when one makes a lifeless, the reason the breath stays and won't come back is because the body of a recently deceased person is too, quote unquote, sticky for breaths. One Uh, breath. uh, Yeah, I know. Right. One breath attaches to it. And because the body so clearly remembers being alive, it can use that breath to power it, assuming you have the right commands and can picture them correctly in your head when you make the lifeless. However, the more a lifeless is damaged, the less like the shape of a living person it is and the more difficult it is for the breath to keep the body going. Powering a body with only one breath is hard. It requires the body to work mostly on its own. When you power a cloak or something like that, the breaths need to provide a lot of energy since there's no real muscles to use or a skeletal structure. So the more wounded a lifeless becomes, the less well the breath can keep it going. Eventually, you have to stick a second breath in and then a third, all the way up to the point where a lifeless is nothing more than a bunch of bones you've awakened, at which point you might as well be using sticks or cloth. So... That is a, a little bit of an explanation behind these lifeless and why uh, it's they're repairing them. So they hang on. So they keep decomposing in while they're in use. No, but if you if if she didn't repair it, like replace the muscles or sew up the skin or something, then you know having big holes in him would make him less like a right, actual okay. body, less effective. Right. Yeah. Plus they got the magic juice. So I guess that's important. Yeah, I think that. The uh, the the icker alcohol that they're putting in, I this doesn't explain anything about that, but mm-hmm. that must also have an effect. I mean, icker alcohol in order to work, I wonder if it has to be imbued with breath somehow. Like I don't know, it's a weird thing. Yeah, we don't really get any information about that, so that is an excellent question. What 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 is it, and why does it work? Yeah, like Jules just has like all of his guts laid out on the floor, intestines, stomach, other stuff, and she's working uh, on putting everything back together. Uh, sure sounds like a section something <laughs> and of course as we predicted she's not happy i mean she's kind of quietly not happy where she's like stupid thing can't believe we let you get hurt to protect her and then she's like uh, i think we should just leave you and me let's go away claude and uh claude being just lifeless is like she ordered me to go away and like starts trying to leave and he's like she's like no no lay back down damn it howl of the sun go inactive howl of the sun and Vivenna's like oh I just heard something interesting. All right, I'm going to put that in my pocket to use at some point. Didn't realize she's going to use it so soon because I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Put that in my memory bank. Ah, I didn't need to remember <laughs> it for long. <laughs> and she, she certainly didn't predict who she was going to have to use it against. But, you know, and then Death comes in and he's like, hey, you know, uh, it's it's OK to be scared. Everyone gets scared the first time and they see battle. You actually you actually did pretty well. You didn't freeze up or anything. And then she's just like she's disappointed in herself because she wants him to teach her awakening. She's like, I thought that I had like more self-control than this, that I was stronger than I am. But I figured out that I don't want to die. 
So I'm going to do anything that I need to to survive. And he's like, you'd make a good mercenary. She's like, yeah, whatever. It's your answer to everything. And now after what happened, after the, the lifeless went to town, like killing people in the Idrian slum, she's like, I want to take him down now. I want to overthrow this kingdom. It can corrupt these poor people. It can even corrupt me. I hate it. And she goes off. She's like, I've always hated them. They took my entire childhood. It's on and on and on. So this, we we got a little peek at it before, but now she's just going all out. Yep. And I'm just like, yep, here for this. Come on. I hate their arrogance most of all, thinking they could push my father around, force him into that treaty. And Denth just says, you'll have your vengeance, princess. Which is funny, because we know he has probably no intention of helping her in any way get what she wants. But yeah. And so we're going to come up with a new plan. We're going to make the attacks hurt more. And he he calls her. He's like, this was never really about your sister, was it? And she says, she, like, no, not really. Like, I was supposed to be the one to do this. When Siri took my place, I became nothing. I had to come and get it back. Yeah. And this, like, goes back to what I said at the beginning of the book. It's like her and her father both just, like, inherently selfish in both of their actions. It's like. It's about me, mm, yeah. and I'm going to use this other cover-up of saying it's about this other thing when it's really about me. Yeah. You're not wrong. But there's definitely some selfishness hiding under there. Uh, we get some, some talk from Denth about why Claude is better than the lifeless the city guard we're using, which we know even more than he's revealing here because of the annotations. But uh, it's like, yeah, if you pay good money, you can get one that was very skillful in life, which I feel like is kind of misleading because we know that they had the dead body. It was like their friend who got killed. So it's not like they had to go to the lifeless shop and pick the one that was a good sword fighter in life. Would they have still had to pay his family? This is an excellent question. And presumably, like, unless they know how to do it, they, had to, they did have to pay someone to make the lifeless out of the dead body. But That's where mm-hmm. I was going to go. It's like, I thought they said, like, they didn't make it. Someone else had to. They just supplied the material. I don't think he says that he supplied the material. But I think that we just know that because yeah, the, well, what, yeah. He sa- what he says is mo- if you pay good money, you can get one who was very skillful in life. So I, th- I thought earlier they said something about someone else awakened him for them. And the implication was they just got the body. But we know that's not the case. Yeah, I think that there was definitely a part where he talked about paying someone to do this. Pretty sure you're right. Uh, and he's. Then she says they keep their skill and he says some semblance of it, at least considering what we paid for this guy, he must have been quite the soldier. So he's he's kind of bullshitting her a little bit. Yep. I mean, he's bullshitting her about everything else. Why not? But that's this? that's a fair point. Yeah. And so she's like, what about that juice? And he goes, oh, yeah, Iker alcohol discovered by the five scholars. Wonderful stuff. Keeps the lifeless going really well. And we, we know that the squirrel had it also. So. I guess it, I don't know if it replaces the blood or what, but I mean, they shove it in there. There's he's, he's got like a, mm. a thing on his neck that you put it in. So I guess, you know, like a pump. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of imagine that it replaced the, the blood. Cause I think when something was it something was bleeding, but it had no color or something. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But, so maybe the blood just goes bad and this stuff doesn't, I don't know. There's some kind of preserving solution. Mm. And so he 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 starts giving her a little bit of a tutorial. He says there's lots of commands. So if you wanted to bring a rope to life, you'd be like old things. You have to will your breath to act. Protect me is another good one, but it can be interpreted in fairly strange ways if you don't imagine exactly what you want. So forming the command in your head is an important part of this. 
and he tells her she should pick it up fairly quickly because she's clever and she has a lot of breaths. And apparently the more breaths you have, the easier it is to learn, which I guess that's convenient for rich people who can afford lots of breath. I mean, what do you, the, the explanation makes sense. It's like since you're more connected to everything, it's more easy to like understand how awakening establishes mm. those connections. Sure. And uh, she ends this, the conversation by being like, you're a good man, Dent. To which he replies, sometimes I wish that were still true. I haven't been a good man for some years now. Uh, the most honest thing he said. Yeah, probably. And then they 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 go back to the normal house, and Parlin is waiting for them there, and he's worried about her. And he uh, when he finds out what happens, he says, Lord of Colors, is Jules all right? And she's kind of pissy that he's asking about Jules. And he's like, well, I mean, she's nice to me. And we find out that Parlin, like... We've been given the impression from Vivenna's perspective that Car- Parlin kind of has a crush on her and stuff like that. But no, he actually doesn't like Vivenna all that much. He's like, you've never been nice to me. I know you think I'm stupid and you're probably right. But if you really cared, you wouldn't make me feel stupid, too. Which, jeez. Yeah, ouch, that, but that, true. Ouch, exactly. Ouch, but true. And really, Vivenna probably needed to hear that. Yeah, it's too bad that this is like the last conversation they had before he's dead. So. Right? And Vivenna's shocked, like, wait, he, Parlin doesn't like me? Why, <laughs> why'd you come with me then? And he's like, well, for Siri, of course. Like, that's why we came, right? To rescue her? Why did you come here, princess? <laughs> <laughs> so Parlin liked Siri, but Siri, it seems like she was nice to pretty much everybody, so I buy that. Unless you're like her dad or her sister who's responsible for her and pissed off by her irresponsible stuff. Probably everybody liked Siri. And, like, after he go, after he leaves, he's like, good night. And uh, she thinks he's twice the person I am, but I'm really finding it hard to care anymore. And she goes up to her room to go to sleep, and there is somebody in there. Somebody that she does not feel with her life sense. That's an important note note, uh, there. There's just somebody standing there, and she starts to freak out, and he goes, you are causing a lot of trouble. And she opens her mouth to scream, but the drapes grab her, muffling her neck and mouth, and then choking her. And she's like, oh, man, I survived an attack in the lifeless just to die in my own room. My freaking drapes are going to kill me. When curtains attack. <laughs> and that's the end of that chapter. It's a very dramatic ending point. We could have ended there last time. And you guys would be like, wait, what? They killed Vivenna? No one would have believed that. No, probably not. What a twist would that be, though? We're we're 51% of the way through the book and Vivenna dies. Yeah. I mean, mean, I'm often making a prediction that that, that someone's not going to make it. But yeah, even I wouldn't have made that prediction. Yeah, you guys were just predicting last time that Vivenna was going to end up being a a returned. Yeah, but not here. Not here. (laughs) (laughs) I never made that prediction. I don't know about that. Oh, the other two did. What if if she returned? I have no memory of this. She she like they they give her up for dead and she return like uh, the the mercenaries leave or whatever and she returns and gets made a god and has you know she has no memory of where she came from or why she's here so wow that there'd be egg on our face for sure could have been crazy <laughs> she could fall in love with light song Ugh. <laughs> uh, okay speaking of chapter thirty four is light song who's this we jump right after the last time we saw them when uh, Hoyd was telling the story and Siri kind of wanders off afterwards after she finds out that her husband is going to die after he has a child. 
needing her time to think. And so he's sitting in there watching her and he's, she's like, I, I feel kind of bad about what just happened. <laughs> it's funny to me that like, I, I don't feel like the chapters often pick up like this where there's a chapter in between yeah. and then it picks up right where the other one left off. So I was almost kind of like confused. It's like, wait, we're right after that just happened, but that was earlier, but you know, whatever. Yeah, I agree. It, it, it feels a little bit different, which I assume is intentional to kind of stand out to you. And he thinks of her as young, but he's like, I mean, really, she's been alive longer than I have. And he's trying to figure out, like, you know, is she, is she really would she really be upset about losing the God King? Like the guy who's like the epitome of everything that her culture teaches her is horrible and profane. And he kind of decides maybe it's more that, like, as the queen, she would lose her stature if she lost her husband. So that's really what it is. It's, it's a political thing. That no one can comprehend that she's actually got a bond now with the the God King. Like they could actually have a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they just assume like you know he they can't talk. So what kind of relationship could they possibly have? Yeah. If everyone knows she's not allowed to speak to the God King, and no one is allowed to speak to the God King apparently. So uh, yeah, they might. Be like, I just had yeah, the line. It would from, be hard. Uh, I just had the line from The Little Mermaid. It was like, you've got your looks and your pretty face and don't underestimate <laughs> the importance of body language. <laughs> I mean, that's that's really what they wanted, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Use your womanly, seductive skills. Well, no, but it's... Now, you got me thinking someone's saying that to Sussebron because he's the one who literally can't talk. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. use your body language, dude. <laughs> He's still going to do what? I don't understand. <laughs> Just thrust mm. and thrust. What? What does that <laughs> mean? Thrust. And we uh, we start we start finally paying a little attention to what's going on on the floor of the uh, while well, the priests are talking. And Nanrova, high priest of Stillmark the Kind, is arguing for the war when he had always been the most outspoken against the war before. Now, so what the hell happened there? And here comes Blushweaver, and he's like. How did you get to Nanrova? She's like, actually, I didn't. I don't know why he changed his mind, but uh, actually, I, I wish he hadn't done it so quickly. It seems suspicious, and it will make people think that I did manipulate him. And he's like, you wish for war so much. And she says, I want our people to be aware of the threat. You think I want this to happen, to send our people to die and to kill? If the question is, go to war or don't go to war, then voting yes is not making your people aware. That is going to war i don't understand her her perspective there no she absolutely wants to go to war manipulative and horrible and yeah don't trust her but light song thinks that she's being sincere he says no i don't think you want a war and uh then she, she tells him that you're boring today because he looks away from her breasts and he says i'm distracted and she's i oh, we should be happy the priests have almost all come to come around Soon there will be a call for an attack made to the main assembly of the gods. So something this important isn't just a matter for the votes of certain groups of people. For something like war, all the gods get a vote. And then if the war starts, the gods with lifeless commands will administrate and lead the battle. Blushweaver has already changed the command words for Hope Finder and Mercy Star's 10,000 troops. So uh, each. So she's got half the army under her command now. Awkward. Yeah, but all mother, the one with the remaining lifeless, will not even talk to her at this point. I, like she's like, I'm annoyed with all mother. And he's like, what, because she's prettier than you or because she's smarter? <laughs> Zing. And I, I do like 
they're, they're talking about how it makes no sense that the goddess of matrons and families was given command of 10,000 lifeless. It's enough to make me con- recon- even consider my drunk monkey theory. And she's like, oh, the one who chooses names and titles of the return. So this is a theory that he's spoken <laughs> about before, just like his thing. Oh, he's like, this is my theory. <laughs> this is my theory, and this is the hill I'm going to die on. <laughs> it is a drunk monkey. <laughs> this is my story, and I'm sticking to it. And uh, Blushweaver's argument, you think my title was chosen by ha- happenstance? Goddess of honesty and per- interpersonal relations seems to fit, wouldn't you say? As she squeezes her arms together, threatening to pop her bosom out the front of her dress. And he goes, did you just try to prove the existence of God with your cleavage? And it, this conversation goes on way longer than it needs to, I think. <laughs> but it's I yeah. find it funny at first. <laughs> yeah, these conversations... Uh... I'm almost like, is Brandon think he's been real funny here? Like, I don't like, they're not that funny. <laughs> and after a while, when you don't like Blushweaver, you just, like Jamie's, like Jamie says, like, you just find her annoying at this point. It's like, okay, yeah, we get it. You got boobs. Woohoo. So, she, she says, we need these last 10,000. And he's like, why? We already controlled three-fourths of the army. And she says, yeah, but if her 10 turned against the other 30, we'd win, but we'd be left weakened. And he's like, what? She wouldn't do that. And she's like, shouldn't we be certain, though? And Lysan's like, fine, I'll go talk to her. And Blushweaver says, I don't, that might not be a good idea. She doesn't like you very much. He's like, yeah, I know. She has remarkably good taste, unlike some other people I know. I feel like Blushweaver should be bloody third. She's got light songs codes. Yeah, she seems to be taking something for granted there, huh? Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, uh, he he's looking off to see what's going on. And thinking, man, the priests sure are taking a long time to argue over this one. And he looks over and sees Siri contemplating, like, the arguments uh, about the war starting. And Blushweaver sees where he's looking, and she starts looking at Siri, and she does not like, quite visibly, does not like Siri. Lightsong asks her about if she knows about the tunnel complex under the court, and she's like, oh yeah, sure. Some of the palaces have tunnels. Uh, my priests, when I first moved in, asked me if I wanted mine connected to the main complex, and I said no. Why nobody last light song about these tunnels? Or maybe he was just too like uncaring to notice when they I, asked. Yeah, I would think that that's probably likely. It's like Laramar's like he's like he asked Laramar later like, what about these tunnels? He's like, yeah, your grace, I told you about them. <laughs> I mean, my assumption is like, why would you ask Blushweaver when these tunnels have nothing to do with either sex or war? Those are the only things she talks about. <laughs> hey, but she knew, so yeah, like you wouldn't assume she knew because it's just not in her purview. It's true. So we cut to Siri, who is in fact watching it, and she's concerned about what she's hearing down here. Her homeland is about to be invaded by the kingdom that her husband ruled, and he can't do anything to communicate that he doesn't want it to happen. And it's weird because this is bad, but on some levels, she's kind of excited to be in where things are happening. Like, she's in the middle of important shit now, and it's kind of exciting. And then she feels bad about being excited about that. And then she hears the priest uh, talk about a supposed princess that's in the city causing trouble. And she's just like, well, that's obviously a lie. <laughs> Trying to imagine her her monk sister or Vivenna in her prim outfits and stony attitude coming to Tatalir in secret. Like that would ever happen. Oh, she totally did. She's pretty stony. And she starts to think that really it's probably a good thing Vivenna didn't become Sessa Bronze Bride, because she would not have gone gotten along well here. That's true. 
yeah. she'd probably still be lying naked in front of him every night at this point. Might be. Although the priest would have made that same ultimatum to her where it's like, you need to do something or we're going to attack your homeland. So I don't know what she would have done. And then here comes Blush Weaver's like, oh, is they talking about a relative of yours? And she's like, they must be mistaken. I'm the only princess here. The stories of her are quite pervasive. My light song is taking a liking to you, princess. And of course, she doesn't even know who Blush Weaver is. She's like, which goddess are you? <laughs> Can I ask? Also, it's like your Blush Weaver ownership. What the hell? Right? Yeah. Get out of here with that. I'm pleased to meet you. No, you aren't, Blush Weaver said. I don't like what you're doing. <laughs> I know you aren't. <laughs> He is a better man than any of us, princess. Don't you go spoiling him and pulling him into your schemes. She's like, oh, well, what you? <laughs> goodness me. How is that glass house that you're in there, Blushweaver? Engaging yeah. in your yeah. time of boulder tossing. <laughs> Light Song is a good person. One of the last ones we have left in this court. If you taint him, I will destroy you. Do you understand? Oh, boy. And Siri just nods. And as Blush Weaver's leaving, she goes, find someone else's bed to climb into, you little slut. Which, that's just not necessary. I mean, yes. It's, it's she, unnecessary. It's also unfounded. Also, that's what you try to do all the time. Like, right? What the hell? Yep. yep. I mean, I get it since Blush Weaver seems to think about sex a lot, that uh, that's where her mind goes first thing here. But come on. Well, you, you guys know you can't speak to someone without obviously desiring them, so. <laughs> So after that very strange experience for Siri, she runs off and we cut to her in the bathtub when Bluefinger shows up. And she's like, dude, I thought that we talked about this already. He says, oh, please, I have daughters twice your age. You want to talk to me? This is where I'll talk away from random ears. Yeah. Again, I don't understand how having the daughters twice her age, like, I, I no. guess. He means that like they run. Yeah, I guess he means that they run around the house naked. I don't really understand. (laughs) I don't understand what he's saying there. That makes it worse. (laughs) What are you teaching them? (laughs) And uh, so he's like, so you said you had information relating to my plans. And she says, what happens when a new God King takes the throne? He's like, oh, so you figured that out, huh? She's thinking, figured out what? I mean, of course I have. Uh, uh, no, that's why I'm asking you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so he says that when a new god king comes in, they get rid of all the, the old servants. And he's done a lot of work to get these people decent jobs, basically. They don't kill us and bury us with the god king anymore like they used to. But we will be dismissed because a new god king is a new start. And so that's that's his concern. And she's she's just like, so do the God God Kings willingly give up their lives or are they coerced? And Bluefinger says, I I don't actually know the stories that are spoken by my people regarding the last God King's death. They say that the plague that he cured, that he wasn't even in the city when that happened. My suspicion is that they somehow coerced him into giving up his breaths to his son and that killed him, which is exactly what Siri was theorizing. So maybe that fits. Assuming that he's telling the truth, which who knows? Once again, we're we're at this point in the book where we have no idea what anybody's game is. And she's trying to figure out if he knows that the God King can't talk. She's like, how closely do you serve the God King? And he says that he served the God King all his life. But, I mean, he can't touch him or speak to him or anything. He's an unholy servant because he's not one of the believers. 
He says, like, I was hired in the palace as a lad. I cleaned his quarters when he was a child. He's not my god, but he's my liege, and now they're going to kill him. Now that you're performing your wifely duties, there's no way that we can stop what's going to happen. Unless, I mean, you want to make sure your pregnancy does not come to term. And she's like, no. Oster forbids such a thing. I would never do that. And she says, she admits that she's been talking to the god king. He's not as heartless as you might think. I don't think this has to end up with him dying. Or your people losing their places in the palace. Like, he looks at her and he goes, I see you found your position of power. And so she wants to cut a deal. If things turned out the way I want, I'll make sure your people are cared for. If they don't turn out the way I want, I want you to get us out of the palace. And he says, okay, deal. And so that's that's the end of the chapter, more or less. They cut a deal, and then she's like, okay, get out. Let me have my bath. <laughs> right, I'm done with you. <clears throat> and we go back to Vivenna. Wakes up, not dead. There's not there, that's a plus. But her hands and legs are tied. She When she tries to, to wiggle free, she just rolls herself into an even less comfortable position. The worst, isn't it, when you're, just like, you're trying to sleep, and you're just like, oh, I'm not comfortable. So you flip over, and you just can't find a good position. That does suck, yeah. And so, let's see. We uh, She feels somebody else in the room with a lot of breath. And then she's like, oh, crap, it's him. What's he going to do to me? And he tells her, like, I'm I'm still deciding whether or not to kill you. If I were you, I would avoid doing anything more to antagonize me. And he cuts her hands free, which she's like, oh, OK, I thought he was going to stab me. But good, good. <laughs> tells her that she's going to remain quiet. And she's sitting here like, why is this happening? God, I should have gone back to Idris a long time ago. I was stupid to think I could make any difference here. And Vasher pulls out his big black sword, undoes the clasp. She sees the little wisp of smoke coming up. And he drops the sword in front of her and tells her to pick it up. And as she reaches for it, she's becoming extremely nauseous. And she tries to pull back and he yells at her that she has to pick it up. And so she does. And she hears a voice that says, hello, would you like to kill someone today? <laughs> uh, very friendly. I need to know what fuck like how how did Nightblood develop this personality? <laughs> like wh- who slash what is this guy? How did he get to this point where he's just so chipper? Except when you remind him he's a sword, and then he's just like a don't have to kill anyone. I'm killing because I want to, not just because I'm a sword. <laughs> so in the annotations, Brandon's like, yeah, Vasher's given her what he thinks of as the Nightblood test here. One nice thing about a sword that, quote, cannot tempt the hearts of those who are pure is that when someone like Vivenna touches it, she gets sick. I didn't want Nightblood to come across as a one-ring knockoff. He doesn't turn people's hearts or corrupt them. But in order to do his job, he has to have a certain effect on people. And so she drops the sword after this voice and starts retching and, like, puking up whatever was in her stomach. And then she just starts crying, and he takes the sword back, and he's like, we're in the slums. You can scream if you want, but nobody's going to give a shit. <laughs> it's like it's a common occurrence here. Just ask those possum owner guys. <laughs> to be fair, if those guys came into my house, I'd probably scream too. Yeah. And she realizes this guy has even more breasts than me, but I didn't feel him when he was in my own room waiting for me. How did he hide them? And what was that voice? Which, yeah, that's that's a big question. Like, Vasher's upset about the slums because everyone's too poor to afford cellars, so he doesn't have a basement to stick her in. I have work to do, work that you forced me to do. You will not run. If you do, I will find you and kill you, understand? 
and he takes off and she is going to immediately start looking for a way to escape because duh. And at first she thinks like, you know, Denth and Tongfa and Jules, they're, they're experts at this. They'll come and find me except no, they won't <laughs> because uh, like this guy is going to be able to hide from them. Vasher or Denth is scared of Vasher. So that means he's at least as good as they are. And then she remembers back to some of the lessons that she had once upon a time about what to do if you're kidnapped. Her tutor had very specific instructions. You got to try to escape near the beginning when you're still strong before they've had a chance to starve and beat you. Don't expect to be rescued. Don't ever expect to be redeemed for a ransom. Most kidnappings end in death. The best thing you can do for your country is try to escape. If you don't succeed, then maybe they'll kill you. And that's preferable to what you'll have to endure as a captive. Besides, if you die, the kidnappers will no longer have a hostage. Very, very cheerful. <laughs> Which, honestly, this is why the king didn't want to send her, because this is essentially what he thought would be happening, is that she would be their hostage, and he wouldn't be able to refuse whatever they want to save his daughter's life. This daughter, anyway. You know, some Siri, whatever. And so she wants to escape, but she's tied up pretty good. And then she thinks, wait a second. I know what I can do. I have breaths. I can try to awaken this rope if I can get the gag off. She gets the gag off, and she says, ropes, untie yourself. But it doesn't happen. So she's uh takes her a couple tries, but she actually gets a hang of it pretty quickly. She makes she 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 does the picture in her mind and she says the command untie, and the breath flows out of her into the ropes that untie themselves. She's like, holy crap, I did it. She wasn't certain whether to be impressed or ashamed. But either way, she needed to run. And so she heads out in the in the night in this unfamiliar part of the city. She puts that rope in her pocket because she has no idea how to get the breaths back out of it. So maybe I'll get Denth to tell me later. It's fine. And she kind of wanders until she spots she like spots a statue that she recognizes. Yeah, a broken statue of a horseman. And she's like, that seems familiar from this thing that happened earlier. And she uses that to navigate her way back to their their safe house. And there's there's something in the annotations on this where um, one of my big worries about the Vivenna sections is that she'll come off as too weak a character. That's a particular danger once we reach the late middle these late middle sections where it's revealed how much she's been manipulated. Remember that when you're reading the Vivenna sections, if she comes off as weak compared to Siri, Consider their relative circumstances. She's been through, been put through a lot more in this book than Siri. And so she makes her way back to the safe house where they'd been hiding out. And you guys may remember that when they were in the safe house previously, she tried to go down the basement and he told her the stairs, you know, don't go down there. The stairs are dangerous. Uh, there's nothing down there anyway. It's fine. There's this nothing time wrong she... with the stairs. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> something wrong with the stairs. So what, what, what's wrong is what you find at the bottom. Well, no, I mean, it says that she starts going down the stairs and she's like, oh, I see why he was worried about these. But she makes it down yeah. to the bottom. OK, well, and then when she escapes, like one of the one of the other ones chasing her trips over the stairs or falls down the stairs, don't yeah. they? So the, the, yeah. there was a problem with the stairs. That just wasn't the main reason, because yeah. at, at that point, there was already a monkey spiked to the wall down here or not, not sure. a monkey, a parrot. I think maybe it was like, all right. Denth and Vivenna go out on a trip, and he's, and he's just like, all right, Tonk, you need to, like, fuck with the stairs a bit so she's going to get a bit trepidatious <laughs> about going down them. <laughs> See, Tonk just gets at the hammer and just goes, all right, I'm going to smash this one now. So, What'd you do today, Tonk? Broke stairs. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go all the way back to chapter 22 
which is when they were here before, and they had the conversation where Tongfa is sad because he didn't get to be the mean one. And so there's an annotation here that I obviously did not read at the time, where it says Tongfa is a sociopath. He doesn't <laughs> feel an emotional connection to other people, nor does he f- feel their pain when he hurts them. He tortures and kills animals when it strikes his fancy. There's a dead parrot in the basement of the safe house, which is why Denth keeps Vena from going down there. There aren't any bodies of Idrian soldiers down there currently, though Denth has killed a few of them already. The fact is that he has people watching their house. Plus, Vivenna mentions Vivenna's mention of her father's soldiers checking Lemix's house first. These are tiny clues. They do indeed go there first, and Denth has his people watching. That's how he catches the Idrian soldiers. By this point, he's killed about three people who've come looking for Vivenna. The death count will eventually reach several dozen. So... Over the months since she arrived, her dad has sent dozens of soldiers looking for her. And they all go to Lemix's house first because that's their contact in the city. And then kills them. So that's been going on in the background while we've been doing these other things. The, the death of Lemix was supposed to be another clue. We do get told repeatedly throughout the book that if you have a lot of breath, you don't generally get sick. He had a lot of breath and he died of supposed sickness when in actuality they poisoned him and had to give him a lot of poison. To successfully kill him. I think someone theorized about that earlier. That sounds familiar. So anyway, she goes down the stairs. She sees what she thinks is game hanging on the wall. And she's like, oh, that means several some people have been here recently. That's a good sign. And then she sees a figure, a figure sitting face down, arms tied behind his back, ankles bound to the legs of the chair. And she realizes it's Parlin and there's blood on the floor and he is dead. Uh, That's a real bummer. And then uh, creepily coming out of the darkness is Tonk Fa, who says, hello, princess. She also did not with the place. (laughs) She also did not feel him there. Like her life sense should be picking out people and it's not. And she realizes those aren't game animals. There's a dead parrot, a dead monkey. And the freshest corpse was a large lizard. They've all been tortured. And then here, bottom of my heart, atomically fuck this guy. (laughs) And here comes Denth. You know what I hate most about being a mercenary princess? Fulfilling the stereotypes. Everyone assumes they can't trust you. The thing is, they really can't. And Tonkfa's like, yeah, we do what we're paid to do. Why did you run away? What tipped you off? And this is, she wasn't tipped off. She's now realizing for the first time what is happening. It's like, you've been lying to me this whole time. And they told her up front, one of the first things they told her, kidnapping is hard. It's terrible business. All of these problems come with kidnapping. The best way to do it is to make sure that the person never knows they've been kidnapped. And Denth calls her out. It's like, she goes, Lemix. And he's like, didn't do what we needed him to do. Poison was too good for him. You should have known Princess with as much breath as he held. And uh, he, she looks at Parlin and Denth's like, don't, don't look at him. That was an accident. And according to the annotations, Tonkfa tortured Parlin to death. He wasn't supposed to, but he got carried away. Denth left him alone with the prisoner while he went searching for Vivenna, and it would just it wasn't a good idea to leave Tongfa alone with him. Tongfa, you know, gets a little out of hand. You sure. think that Denth should know that? Yeah. <laughs> but apparently he was uh, he was very annoyed with Tongfa when he discovered this. Hey, you know, I, it's fine though. Everything's fine. Says he left Tonks behind, storming out in anger, found Jules and Claude, who were talking to slum contacts, trying to find Vivenna, and they all came back here to regroup, and that's when they stumble across this. And uh, so, let's see. It's like, we're not going to hurt you. Just tell me why you ran away. 
Harlan insisted he didn't know where you'd gone, though we knew that you spoke to him right before you vanished. Did you really leave without, leave without telling him? Did one of your father's agents contact you? I thought we found them all. But no, seriously, I need to know. Who told you? Who did you contact? And then she sees the boots um, sticking out of the closet in the corner, out of a sack in the corner. And they have the crest of the Idrian army on the side, which if you're sending people to sneak into the city to look for, you probably don't want to put your army's crest on their boots. I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, it doesn't seem like Idrians are the sharpest tools <laughs> or sharpest tools in the box when it comes to like going to foreign places. Yeah, not so much. Mm-hmm. And she even makes the connection. It's like, there's two dead guys here now, but bodies wouldn't keep here for long. These must just be the most recent ones. You seemed like my friends. It's like, we are. I like you, princess. If it means anything, I really am sorry. Parlin wasn't supposed to die. That was an accident. But, uh, well, job is a job. Not helping. She says, I never really believed. And Tongfa goes, yeah, they never do. That's uh, So it's an interesting point here. It's like, that's not revealed, which, I mean, I guess we could say but like who hired them that would be the question wouldn't it if, if he's telling the truth this time right that they yeah if he's telling the truth right. that they've been hired right because like it's like well were they hired were they not hired i think i just i'm confused that uh that that is the big question if they've really been hired i mean as dak or jamie or someone pointed out at the beginning if they were hired by someone they're not the big bad whoever hired them is the big bad so who is that and so Vivenna's grabs or touches Tonkfa's cloak and starts to try to awaken it. She says, grab, but Denth is too fast, sticks his hand over her mouth before she can complete the, the command. But it still bleeds color from her dress, and some of her breath slips into Tonkfa's cloak. But without the command, it doesn't. it can't actually do anything. It was just wasted. And like He smacks Tonkfa on the back of the head like a gib slap from NCIS. And he's like, pay attention, damn it. <laughs> and that's when he sees Denth sees the marks on her wrists where she was tied up and the ropes were digging in so much that she started bleeding. And he's like, "You didn't figure it out at all, did you? You didn't run away." Oh, I fucked up. What happened? Was it him? She's not going to answer him now. And he's like, "Okay, my hand has been forced. Let's deal with those breaths of yours first, then we can have a, a chat nicely, like friends, about what has happened to you." And he tells her, repeat after me, my breath to yours, my life become yours, and mean it. So he wants those breaths that she has, because as we've established, she has a lot of breath, and that's not only worth money, but that is power. And you guys may remember the scene where she gets the breaths. There was a discussion that happened. She did not want to take Lemix's breaths. She was opposed to the idea completely. And they're like, I mean, those breaths are really valuable. They could, they're worth a lot of money. They could do a lot of stuff. And for a minute, she starts to order Denth to take the breaths. And he's like, no, I don't want those. No, 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 no. That's That makes you way too big a target. And like Denth and Tokfa both agree that they don't want those breaths. If you go back and reread the chapter, I think this, this was like chapter 10 or so. He's actually trying to convince her while looking like he doesn't want to convince her to give him the breath. If he looked eager to get it, she wouldn't want him to have it but since he's like no no i don't want those she starts to order him to take them which was exactly his plan he was manipulating her all the way back there makes sense and in the annotations there and I, i've been going back to look for them while we're talking but brandon says like he he really wanted those breasts that they would, they would have been useful but that was secondary what he 
he knew that the most important thing was to get Vivenna to trust him. So while he tries to subtly manipulate her into doing it, uh, he does, he's not, he's not going to fight her getting them. And there's an interesting note that I went all the way back here to find. He says, in a lot of ways, I imagine Denth as the anti-Kelsier. Glib, smart, and hired to do impossible tasks. Only in this book, he works for the wrong team. Mm, I see it. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Back to this thing. And so, instead of saying what he wants her to say, which is to give her his breath, she says, Howl of the Sun. And he goes, what? And she says, Attack Denth. Howl of the Sun. He's like, wait, I... And then Claude's fist hits him in the face. Vavena runs, throws her shoulder into Jules, and scrambles up the stairs. And Denth's like, you let her hear the security phrase! Dang it! <laughs> if uh, if this was Ocean's Eleven, Vavena would have been running out and be like, they weren't expecting that shit! <laughs> <laughs> and so she runs. She, she finds the darkest alley she can find and just keeps running. And that is the last we see of her in this section. Damn. So, yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, painful revelations for Vivenna in this section. Now we cut back to Siri and Susabron, and Susabron's like, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to get tired of being alive. Like, why would I do that? I'm not even sure how I'm supposed to get in there. You refuse to explain it to me, nor will you answer my questions. <laughs> and she says, they're embarrassing. <laughs> and he says, also, I can't give away my breath. Not if what I understand about biochroma is true. Do you think I've been lied to about that? And she's like, I don't I have no idea. We don't exactly get lessons about biochroma in Idris. So like and half of the stuff we do know is rumors. Like they talk about how you guys sacrifice people on your altars in the court. I heard that from a dozen different people. And he's like, I'm not going to suddenly decide to kill myself after I have a kid. You don't have to worry. I've lived for 50 years, barely being able to communicate with anyone. Do you really think that? I'm going to kill myself now when I've discovered how to write, when I've discovered someone to talk to, when I've discovered you. And she's like, okay, I believe you, but we, I think we still need to worry about the priests. Which he still believes in his priests, more or less, because, I mean, that's his whole life that they've he's been taught that. These are the only people that he's been able to communicate with even slightly. I don't blame him for not wanting to suddenly not trust them. And then he asks her if she'll grow her hair for him and make it red because it's so cool. And she says, do you realize that my people consider red the most flagrant of colors? And he's like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. And she's like, no, no, I'm just, I was being flirtatious. I'm sorry. It's like flirtatious. My story book does not use that term. What is flirtatious? And she's like, oh, crap. Look what I got myself into now. I have to explain this. <laughs> and so it, instead of exactly explaining, she tries to demonstrate by being flirtatious. And uh, I also like she's getting better at controlling her hair because she's having to flex this muscle a lot lately. It's gotten she's she's sort of understanding it better. And there's the moment where she tries to give him this seductive look and then like breaks down laughing. And he's like, dude, you're really weird. And she's like, yeah, I know. I, I, I'm not meant to be a, sedu a seductress. I can't keep a straight face. There's another word I don't know. Seductress. <laughs> well, I think he did know this one, actually. Oh, that's right. He did because he's like, no, yeah, he, oh, wait, that one's in my book. It's when the evil queen tries to tempt the young prince with something, though I don't know what. I think she must have been playing to offer him food. And Siri's like, yeah, <laughs> good interpretation. Sure, food. 100% right. Delicious, seductive food. <laughs> and he's, he's, like, he gets that she's being sarcastic in her response, and he's like, I feel dumb. Like, there's all of these things that everyone else just understands, and 
I don't because the only thing that I have my entire life is this children's book. That's all my only popular culture reference. I don't understand. It's Captain America. He doesn't understand any of the references. And he says, I, I know there's things I'm missing, things that embarrass you. And I have guesses. I'm not dumb, but I get frustrated with your flirtation and sarcasm. And she's, she's like, you know what? I think you're doing better than most people. A lot of people back in my homeland didn't understand me half as well as you do. They kept telling me to be someone else. Who? My sister, the one you were supposed to marry. She was everything the daughter of a king supposed to be. Controlled, soft-spoken, obedient, learned. And he says, she sounds boring. <laughs> Burn. I mean, I, like she's I know. Like, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, the, not my point. <laughs> I mean, you're I not you're, wrong, you're, but, uh, you know, <laughs> let's not take shots at her. <laughs> you're not wrong, Walter. Yeah, no, it's uh, I mean, you, you're not going to marry this woman anymore, but she's your sister-in-law or whatever now. And Siri likes her. So maybe don't. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, yeah, everyone wanted, you know, didn't like me. They wanted me to be this other person, basically. And he's like, what? No, you're awesome. You're so full of life and excitement. The priests and servants, they wear colors, but there's no color inside of them. You've got color on the inside so much that it bursts out and colors everything around you. Oh, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of cute. Yeah, you're you have biochroma inside. And her hair goes blonde. And he's like, how do you do that? And she's like, oh, th- it that was unconscious. It, it goes blonde if I feel happy. And she's like, oh, my gosh, you're happy with me. Of course. I thought you wanted to go back to your mountains. And she's like, I mean, I miss them. But if I left here, I'd miss you. So. And then uh, her stomach starts rumbling, and he's like, are you hungry? <laughs> no, my stomach is an anarchist. It likes to growl when it's full. And he's like, sarcasm? And she's like, yeah, no, I did. <laughs> You're starting to pick up on it. Good job. It's like Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. Just proud of himself for spotting the sarcasm. And uh, she explains that when she grows her hair out a bunch, it makes her hungry. And he's like, I've been having you do that every night. You never said anything. I'll get you some food. And she's like, no, we can't expose ourselves. Expose what? I'm the God King. I have food when I want. And he goes to, like, get order the food, essentially. And she's like, no, you can't go like that. You're still fully dressed. And he's like, what are you talking about? Make your clothing look, like, disheveled. Uh, okay. <laughs> he has no idea why, but okay. It's like, uh, this is weird. All right. And then he, he knocks on the door, and they open it, and he uses, like, some sign language where he... Puts his hand on his stomach and then points away to indicate to them that he wants food. And then they show up with just like a ton of food. And she's like, they could not have made this food that fast. They just have it waiting in the kitchens ready to go in case he gets hungry in the middle of the night. That's the most wasteful thing ever. Some people starved and others were so wealthy they never even saw most of the meals that were made for them. That's that is kind of messed up. Yeah. Maybe they've got like. A back door where they when when the food's not hot anymore, they send it to the soup kitchens to feed some other people. I mean, you'd like to think so, but <laughs> probably not likely. Yeah. Probably yeah. Not. It's probably the same way. Like once the art is viewed by the other return and they just go and destroy it unless the return wants to keep it. It's probably the same with the food. It's like this hot. This is the holiest food for the God King. He didn't want it. Throw it in the trash. OK. <laughs> right. Yeah, probably. And so they start eating. And he's like, this is actually kind of weird. Like, usually eating for me is a whole thing where I eat a little bit of that's on my plate and then the servants take it away and wipe my face and bring me a different place. I, I never even get to finish a whole dish. And she's like, I'm surprised they don't hold the spoon for you. And he's like, no, they did when I was younger. Eventually, I convinced them <laughs> to let me do it myself. 
Of course they did. (laughs) (laughs) I am the royal spoon bearer. Open up your majesty. Here comes the airplane. Yeah. (laughs) And then when when he's like, no, no. I was about to say, yeah, when when he convinced them, no, no, I can do it myself. They're like, well, you're shit out of luck, man. (laughs) Well, that's cute, you know. Yeah, he's just like, oh, no, well, how will I support my family? Not our problem, bye. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Get the fuck out. We'll provide a solid reference for you. Just, yeah. They just yeah. throw this massive pack, of, like, sack full of spoons after him. <laughs> <laughs> solid reference. Solid reference to hell. And, like, as she starts eating stuff, he writes, like, this whole thing where he's like, oh, those are pan called tink fans. You only take small <laughs> bites at a time. And make sure to eat a piece of bread between to, like, clear the taste out. They're she's like, no. Yeah, she just shoves the whole pastry into her mouth and starts chewing and, like, just gives him a look like, uh-huh, yeah. And what'd you say? Uh, I'm eating this. You realize the children in stories who gorge themselves usually end up being thrown off cliffs, right? <laughs> in response, she takes more of them and shoves them in her mouth. <laughs> With his kids' stories. And then he's like, you know what? I- I'll try that. Why not? He shoves one into his mouth, and she goes... My corruption of the God King continues. <laughs> and she's like, you'd think as the God King, you'd at least be able to eat sweets whenever you want. He's like, no, I have lots of rules that others need not follow. The stories explain this. Much is required of a prince or king. And he thinks for a while. You know, they, they, they banter a little more, but eventually he's like, we can't keep doing this. Playing around at night, pretending the world isn't going on without us. We're going to get crushed. And she says, I think we need to expose what the priests have been doing to you. We need to make like make the common people, the other gods, we, everyone needs to know what's going on. The priests get all their power by association with you. If you choose to go through someone else, then they have no power. He's like, I mean, do we need to? So like, we'll just pretend for a minute that we do. Let's just, you know, hypothetical. And uh, okay, well then, how would we do that? I can't just start shouting. I'm, I'm incapable of that. And she's like, you know, notes perhaps. Here's where the paper airplanes come in. <laughs> There's a story in my book about that. Like a princess is trapped in a tower and throws notes into the ocean waters and the king of the fishes finds them. And she's like, I I don't think that's going to help us here. (laughs) And he points out, he's like, such a creature is only slightly less fantastical than the possibility of my notes being found and interpreted correctly. If I just chuck a paper airplane out the window, no one who finds it is actually going to believe the God King wrote it. And she says, uh, like, she's like, I guess you could like try running away and making a scene or causing a distraction. And he says, when he's out of the palace, he is constantly attended by hundreds of troops, awakeners, soldiers, guards, priests, and lifeless warriors. They would rush me off before I could do anything. And he says he wants to work with the priests, not against them. That's how we fix this. Perhaps they know more about why the god kings die, and they could tell us. And she says, no, I don't want to do that. Let me think first. And she asks, would you run away with me back to Idris? He's like, I mean, maybe, but that seems kind of extreme. What if I could prove that the priests were trying to kill you and then provide someone to smuggle us out of the city? Then would you go? It's like, if that was the only way, then yes, I would go with you, but I don't think we're going to get there. And she says, I hope you're right. And, but thinks if you're not, then we're escaping and we'll take our chances back with my family. I don't know that her dad would be real welcoming of the God King, but uh, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Ah, my new son-in-law, the God King. (laughs) Come here, son. Tell yeah, you it does seem like not so much his cup of tea. But. <laughs> Man, you could sleep on the couch for one night, but I swear to God, if you bring any color into this house. That's right, damn it. 
if you bend light around yourself one time, you're out of here, mister. <laughs> and I like there's there's a note in here in the annotations that's like this scene of them like eating their their nighttime meal is lifted almost exactly from my own life. While on my honeymoon, Emily and I thought we were being so indulgent by ordering room service at 3 a.m. It was on a cruise ship and you can do that kind of thing without having to pay extra. But it felt like the entire ship's kitchens were there for our whims. And so a variation on that event popped up in this book. Also, the part where Siri tries to look seductive and bursts into laughter, that was also lifted from my life because my wife is absolutely terrible at looking seductive, not because she's not pretty, but because when she tries, she ends up having a, a fit of laughter at how ridiculous she thinks she looks. So that's cute. I bet his wife appreciates that. Uh, and there's also a note that people have written and emailed him about uh, Sussebron's taste buds because he says, from my, from my research, which could be wrong. The old teaching that certain parts of your mouth have taste buds that focus on certain taste is not correct. The conventional the conventional wisdom that the sweet taste buds are on your tongue, and if it's been removed, you wouldn't be able to taste sugar, is not is an urban legend. There are different kind of taste buds, but they each kind of have are in clusters all over the tongue, basically, or and including some on the roof of your mouth. So Sussebron would be able to taste sweets. Like, the people are very con- so concerned that they're emailing him. Like, no, he can't taste sweet. I'm a but professional yeah. mouth doctor. I know all about <laughs> these things. And so we, um, that's our chapters this time. Uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of turnarounds. Not that they shocked you guys like they shocked me the first time. But, uh, you know, big stuff happening. Let's get into predicaments. Where are we going from here? Specifically, what is Vivenna going to do next? That's one that I called out that we need to to predict on but uh anything else you have that you want to go into uh well i feel like vivenna is going to she's not going to know what to do she's going to hit her lowest point and that is the point where vasher is going to find her and she will have to just and i I think she will he, he might take some pity on her because he knows what it's like to make fucking mistakes i think and may and and she'll say, all right, you said I was breaking things. What what am I getting wrong? Explain it to me so I can fix it. And he might just do that. I think he's, yeah, probably a bit, a bit taken aback by the fact that she was not tempted by the sword at all. So he might mm. think, all right, maybe there's some worth to this one. So I'll go through that. So that's my prediction. I'm going to double down on my theory that Bluefingers is the ultimate villain here. Okay, so did he hire Death and the mercenaries then? I I believe he did. The conversation, he says, all right, I'll, I'll get the God King out. I think this is, like, he, it seemed, they, he's, he's Pan Karl. The more we've learned about Pan Karl is that they were displaced by the Holandrans. This was their land originally. I think Bluefingers is trying to bring that back. And now Vivenna's presented him with, not Vivenna, Sirius pre- presented him with a bit of a golden opportunity here. Help us get the God King out before he dies. And he's just like, oh, brilliant. Like, I was trying to prevent the birth of the next one. And instead of that, and not just that, but she's also presenting a chance to get the current one out of the picture entirely, which will just lead to the complete collapse of this civilization as, like, they tear themselves apart trying to, you know, fill that void, in which case we can just swoop straight back in. I think the reason he hired Dent and the rest was not necessarily to destabilize Helendron, but to destabilize both Helendron and Idris, who have the claim on this throne, so that both kingdoms would have been torn apart in a war. And then once they've both worn themselves out, Pan Karl can just uprise and, and knock them both out of the running. That's an interesting point, yeah, because even if you could take Halandrin's, like throne out, then there is another group out there 
that might just sweep in and take over because they have a claim to it. So you would have to. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I, I think that's that's the ultimate goal here. Uh, going back to what I've said in the past, it's like the real power is what the people know and expects. And so there's a lot more power to the pawn, Kyle, than we than we think. We just haven't seen it. So I think that's where we're going. We've seen that they have some good pastries in this chapter. We got that going for us. And here comes the, the battalion led by the pastry chefs. They're flinging <laughs> croissants into the crowd. The croissants are full of razor blades. Ooh. Don't ruin a perfectly good croissant like that. Yeah, what do the croissants ever do to you, Dad? <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. They're throwing these croissants into the crowd so that the enemy will pick them up and eat them for sustenance, and then they got razor blades in their mouth. I don't. Uh, I don't feel like they would trust that. <laughs> but no, I, I I do I do really like that you're, uh, you're you're standing by your theory and you're discovering more support for it as we go. That's that is some great great a theorizing going on. Yeah, now we've got to figure out if this is going to be like a ten soon payoff or a volcano payoff. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, the audience wins. I feel like that is true. Yeah. Okay, so where is Vivena gonna go next? I think that she's going to have to go back to Vasha somehow. We don't know what Vasha was leaving to do. I don't believe he ever had any intention of actually killing her. I think that was just a, I need you to stay put and I need you to be scared enough that you'll stay put. Mm, He's bluffing, Um, okay. Yeah, because I don't think we've actually seen him kill. We haven't seen him kill. We we heard he said that they killed Arsteel, Mm -hmm. but he was trying not to kill people. When he broke into the the, yeah, the palace. palace, yeah. So I I really feel like he'll probably just kill if he has to. And given what we know now about Denth and Tonkfar and Jules, you know maybe Arsteel needed to be killed. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know fair. we we've uh, people have spoken very highly of him and that he's very skilled and you know he was a valued member of the team. But if he was a valued member of that team, eh, I can't imagine mm. he was particularly good. So I think that Vasha and Vivenna are going to have to work together. I think Dax's right that she's going to have to be like, okay, what am I? What am I ruining? What am I doing here? You know, the people I thought were good are not. So what's going on there? I don't think that Denth and the crew would be paid by Vasha. So I, I think we can we can pretty safely sever that link between them now i like dax's idea of pan carl kind of swooping in as the as the unknown here i i don't have much evidence to support it but it would be interesting if maybe blush weaver and and associates had hired the mercenaries to kidnap the kidnap Ravenna mm. if they knew she was in the city because it's kind of coming out, and she seems to know more about it, especially yep. that she's had a conversation with Siri now as well. I, I, I don't really know what Blush Weaver wants. I feel like, well, I feel like what she wants most out of anything in this whole thing is Light Song. Whether she wants war or doesn't want war, I feel like she's probably more on the wanting war side, but I don't know what it's going to get her. I feel like if she wants war and she's working towards it, is it just an avenue to get lights to Light Song a bit more? Not sure. Hmm. But the, the that level of scheming, I wouldn't put it past her to have arranged for something. Like, she would know stuff. And she she obviously uses her sexuality to 
get information and I think that's causing her immense stress that it's not working on Light Song, given how she reacted with theory uh, completely with no basis for that reaction. But yeah, just as a just throwing it out there, maybe Blush Weaver is the one where we're watching out for here. That's interesting because yeah, I'm, and you're right, we we don't know exactly what Blush Weaver wants. We she seems to want war, even though she says she doesn't. Right, that's kind of what we talked about a little bit this time. Yeah, but, for someone who doesn't want war, there's a lot of action there that indicates she is working towards war. It's not just yeah, preparing right. for war; she's making it move that in in that direction. And what we also know from this section is that the fact that there's supposedly a princess out in the city, like rioting the Idrians up against the the uh, gods or whatever, that does not seem to be helping prevent a war. That seems to be working in favor of mm. uh, them going to war. So if Blushweaver wants a war, then hiring them and having this whole thing set into motion, that might go a decent ways towards helping one start. Mm. So that's, yeah, no, that's a good point. I also had one thing that I wanted to try to pull out and in relation to it, it, it doesn't answer uh, the point that you brought up about whether this, our steel guy was a, a good guy or not, but it, uh, it does give us a little bit more to go on. So there, I can't find the annotation right now, but I remember the gist of it was that Arsteel joins Dent's crew and and goes to talk to Vasher because he thinks that he can like resolve or talk talk Vasher and Dent into like sitting down with each other and working through whatever they've got going on. <laughs> oh, and uh Oh bless his soul. There was a misunderstanding when he went to talk to Vasher and he ended up dead as a result. So uh yeah, that is that is what happened there. And uh, so hmm. I, 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 I tell you because it's not going to come up in the book. And I, I don't even remember if we ever find out who Claude actually is or not. But um, well, it, that came yeah. up, that seemed to come up in an annotation before. So that suggests that it doesn't then come up in the book. Yeah. Mm. The, the purpose of the annotation is to bring up stuff that doesn't happen in the text. Yeah, more or less. I mean, sometimes it's also like uh, he'll 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 put annotations in that help explain like 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 I said about like the scene with uh with where Denth really does want these breaths, so it explains like at yes. this point, if you had information that you get later, this is what you would know is going on here, but yeah obviously, I don't tend to read those to you, so they're up point, but yeah, so how good or bad our still was we we don't still know, but that's that's a little additional information to go on. I guess it really depends on how bad and bad vasher and and Denth and the mercenaries are, mm. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what what scale of bad are we looking? Because it sounds like he's kind of in between the two. Or oh, they're all just terrible, terrible people. Could be. Yeah. Oh, yeah, here it is. Here. Ar still joined the team because he wanted to try to redeem Denth. He felt that a reconciliation between Denth and Vasher was possible. And as a peacemaker, he thought he might be able to make it happen. So, yeah, that's that's part of that. Mm. You fool. Poor guy. <laughs> Foolish fool. All right, so uh, I don't have much this time. I liked I liked both Jamie and Dax stuff. The idea of Bluefingers being the ultimate bad is is interesting for sure. He does seem kind of like somebody who may not show their hand completely. Mm. And so in the conversation with uh, with Siri, you know, he's like, oh, I, you know, I heard you know about my plans. And then when she mentions <laughs> 
the god king's death he's like oh okay she doesn't know about my plans so like maybe he's kind of you know double doubling back and just trying to make sure what she knows but again that could make series seem like less of a threat than she actually is or maybe more of a threat than she actually is who knows Hmm. so this is definitely an interesting thought I I tend to kind of be on board with that, especially if Denth was actually hired. If Denth and Tong Fa and Jules were actually hired by somebody to do it, it would make sense. It would make sense, you know. Blue Fingers has a lot to uh, to gain from this supposed uh, uh, stuff going on. Uh, and so yeah, we've got that piece. That's that's interesting for sure. As far as what's going to happen with Vivenna next, I don't know. Maybe she'll. Surely she's too scared to try to go back to Vasher, but yeah, but he, does, she, he hasn't done anything to make her right uh, feel friendly toward him. Yeah, I mean that's true, but at the same time, she does know now that Denth is not a good dude, and it's like if he hates Vasher so much, maybe she'll kind of clue in that like, mm. oh, maybe this maybe this Vasher person is uh is the one to uh to talk to. Yeah, fair. Um, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, uh, what else? I don't know what Blush Weaver's game is. I really don't understand. Like, unless she's planning to overthrow the entire government with the majority of the army, I don't understand what she wants. Especially because we have we have kind of this back and forth of she's really interested in Light Song. She talks about how good Light Song is. Is that in contrast to herself? She believes herself to be evil, or or does she believe herself to be righteous? What does if she believes herself to be evil? What is gaining Lane Song over to her cause really do, isn't that the more manipulative move? Or maybe she's so blinded by her own desires that she doesn't see what she does as a manipulation. I don't know. It's it's confusing. Like I said at the beginning of this section, it's like we're halfway through the book and I still don't really know what's going on. So hopefully we'll get some answers soon is all I can say. And more Vasher, because I feel like this book is really lacking in the good Vasher stuff. Okay. That's fair. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, basically that's that's kind of what we've come down to through everybody's predicaments here is is like we don't really know what anyone is out to to do here. Even I mean, I guess we know what Siri is trying to do, and I'm not sure we even know what Vivenna like. Vivenna doesn't even really know what I was about to say. Yeah, until recently, Vivenna didn't didn't have like an ultimate goal, but you know she's now claimed it as the destruction of Halendrin. Who knows going forward if if that's going to continue to be her goal or how feasible that is for her. But but I mean that did appear to be her goal at one point. Might be tougher without her mercenary crew helping her out. <laughs> okay, yeah. So yeah, we 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 have gotten where are we now? We are now 55% of the way through according to my Kindle. And uh everything has just suddenly been uh upended and we're kind of up in the air on a lot of what's happening so what fun right speaking of where we are in the book for next time we are going to read six chapters so 37 through 42 then while i'm thinking about it there are some pretty short chapters in the segment as you might imagine given the uh, how many we're reading although it's the week after next that we get to what is not only the shortest chapter in the book, but I imagine probably the shortest chapter Brandon has ever written because it's like one paragraph long. So Vasher, Vasher wept <laughs> a little bit longer than that, but not by much. My, my outline has v- it as Vasher five wept, five bot, Kindle bot, bot, bot. locations. And I, I think a, a Kindle location is like, I think 12 characters, including spaces. So with five locations, that's like 60 characters, including spaces. 
so yes, it's very short. That's that's going to be chapter forty-five, which we read uh, week after next, or for for the week after next. So keep a lookout for that for the short chapter, the the Jesus wept equivalent of uh, of this book. In the meantime, we have a couple emails that I want to touch on, and a couple of uh, new patrons. In fact, let's let or no, I'm sorry, one new patron. So let's let's hit that first while we're at it. Joe, get your get right, your let game me get on. Out, uh, yeah, let me get my handy dandy fairing list out. Yeah, we're not affiliated with uh, Blues Clues in any way, by the way. That's um, funny because I'm 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 wearing a shirt today that's a uh, a com- combination of Blues Clues and Bluey, and it says Bluey's Clues and has Bandit like looking up that like paw prints on the the wall. Oh man, <laughs> sounds like Australia's gonna sue somebody. <laughs> you got your right. list? Yeah, I got it here in front of me. Okay. So, our new patron at the Scott level is Michelle. Michelle, you are a – hold on. I just had it. I picked the one I wanted for you, and now it's gone. Oh, yes. Uh, I was going to give you the same as Wax. You're a skimmer. You store physical weight. There you go. Congrats, Michelle. Thanks for joining the Patreon. Hope you enjoy the unboxing videos, which I just today got uh, – no, I'm sorry. I just yesterday got the uh, – the Cosmere box and film that one. So that'll be going up relatively soon on the Patreon. Hope you're enjoying those and my, uh, my reading of Yumi and the nightmare painter, which we're up to chapter 24 on those postings. I think. All right. Emails, emails, check in my email. The first one is from not sure how to pronounce this. Gent D J E N T H E Gente. It says, what's up data and crew. I'm listening from Belgium and found your podcast while reading Elantris for the first time. I listened to Mistborn Era once since I'd already read it and followed along with your schedule discovering the Cosmere. I really enjoy the podcast and often listen while running or biking. So when I have to laugh out loud, people give me weird looks. <laughs> thanks thanks to all the Futurama references, I started watching that show and loving it. Yay! The, the Kiff and Zap voices always crack me up. Anyway, thanks for keeping me entertained. I hope you guys will keep doing this, but keep the Adium away from Joe, please. Data, I'm currently oh. out of I'll, I'll, the, the rest is a personal message to me, which I will. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's skip that. He's just asking about Spoilers. the order. They are just asking about the order that we're reading stuff in. So I'll get into that. Thank you for your email. Our other email is from Naomi. And it says, Warbreaker Theories. Hey, Sandra Lynch crew. It's Naomi again. I've been loving the podcast and the Discord. I'm one of the more active members on the Discord. It's a great place to show off your pets. I actually just today added a channel for people to post pictures of their pets. So go go post a picture of your pet for everyone to admire. Uh, this is the first book I've read along with y'all. If it wasn't for y'all, I would have stopped at the wedding night chapters. I absolutely repulsed and put the book down. But y'all made me keep going, which I'm quite happy about. I've been wanting to share some theories, but I couldn't due to some external knowledge. But I do have some theories, especially with this woman, Shashara, who we've heard about very briefly. Mm. She says, I believe that she is the woman in Light Song's painting. It makes sense with the theory that Vasher is ancient. Like Jamie said, I think Shashara could be, also could be, is the daughter, is the God King's daughter. I don't know. I think the God King's daughter will come into play somehow. It's such an interesting detail. Uh, Before the most recent chapters, 27 through 29, I thought Denth could be a world hopper. It's mentioned multiple times that no one knows where Denth is from. Another point in this theory was the Venom mentions how fast he is. I thought that he was from Skadriel and could have ferrochemical speed. But the Veratrelides thing threw that out the window. My theories may be wrong, but I'm hoping y'all are right. Wasn't to the time of next, Colo, P.S. Vasher. 
I mean, all right, Tishara, if she's as ancient mm. as like I mean, we speculated that um, Vash has been around for a while, but if she's the God King's daughter, she can't be around for that long because that dude's only been ruling for fifty years. So well, no, it was. It, uh, it, I think it, he meant a previous God, God King. Kings had a daughter. Oh, okay. yeah, right. That's, that was what Hoyt said was, in the stories. That's yeah, it was like yeah, the, overlooked the, the for being a girl. I guess this yeah. god king's grandfather, I guess it was, had a daughter and then a son, and then died after the son was born. Yep, gotcha. So, who knows how long ago that was? Since the god kings can live forever, mm. theoretically, supposedly, then, yeah, yeah, double breath week. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was uh, some interesting. Yeah. It, We've gotten that one brief mention of Shishara, but uh, given that she apparently created Nightblood, you got to imagine that there's some interesting stuff going on with her. So thank you for your emails, guys. If anyone would like to send us emails, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, I mean X, sorry, Facebook, although I, I'm not sure that Facebook or X has been updating correctly lately with the auto uh, updates because Joe pointed out to me, it's like, hey, it hasn't updated with our episodes in like two weeks. I don't know if that's because of uh, it changing to X or what. But yeah, so uh, if you're trying to get our episodes from there specifically, I'm sorry if you're having trouble with that. I'm, I've, I, I sent an email. I'm trying to figure out how to get it to do it correctly, but we'll see. Yeah, but I mean, if you're uh, if you're listening to the podcast right now, I think you know where to find us. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. I mean, fingers crossed. You could have stumbled across us randomly, I guess. But uh, I guess that's true. Could have just searched. If so, you, you know, starting with this episode was not the best idea. But... Yeah, <laughs> definitely a weird place to start. Mm-hmm. If you've gotten mm-hmm. this far into the episode and you started with this episode, I guess more power <laughs> to you, man. Thanks. Yeah, Appreciate that'd be you. that'd be pretty wacky. <laughs> Anyways. Like I said, for next time, we're going to read six chapters, 37 through 42. 42 is a good place to stop. It's a good number. Uh, so if you're following along, that's for next time. And we have five episodes left in this book. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. We are. Then we, uh, uh, then we start the big ones, right? Or do we got something in between? Uh, I guess I guess I can say. Yeah, I've pretty much implied it all uh, up to now. But, yes, we are going to start The Way of Kings after – this Whoa. Whoa. so that's Whoa. uh it's a, it's a big old book does this feel weird to anyone Every, else everyone like, who's like just, sorry just you know 55 percent of the way through the book five episodes to go the fuck yeah yeah that does sound weird or uh we did figure that out right like there's a whole thing about like maybe there's extra at the end yeah i yeah, think maybe that, i think we're farther we're... than we think we are yeah, hold on. I'm I'm looking now to double check that, but yeah. So at the end of my digital version, which I got mm-hmm. off Randon's website, which is what I've been going by, there are sample chapters from other books. Let's see. There's mm. sample chapters from Alcatraz versus the Evil Librarians. Before that, Kelsier uh. and Vin are in here, so there must be some sample chapters from Mistborn. So I guess if you get the free Warbreaker download off his website, he's like, hey, as long as you're interested in reading my stuff, why don't you go ahead yeah. and uh, here's some samples of some of my other stuff you might be interested in. Yeah, how very, uh, how very Edgar Allan Poe of you. So hold on, now I'm gonna see. I'm gonna scroll back and see how much, how much percentage is taken up by this other. Maybe wow, there's a lot of Mistborn samples in here. Hold on, I don't think it's gonna be that much, but let's see. Tepper. I've only got five episodes. I think you said it was going to be 15 episodes total. So yeah, it's five. Well, it is 15 episodes total. Yeah. Lord Trusting. Jeez, I'm still scrolling back. Maybe you're right. 
<laughs> Diloff. Oh, we've got some chapter samples from Elantris, too. Diloff. Oh, <laughs> Good old Diloff. Iodon. Oh, Galadon. Oh, my gosh. I think you're probably right. Hold on. I'm scrolling back. I'm scrolling back. Uh, okay, so here's – this is the – okay, I'm into the uh, Arcanum section for this book, so that must be about right. So, yes, it the book, if counting the Arcanum section, ends at 83% on here. Oh, wow. So it was almost 20% that was taken up by other stuff. So, yeah, that would put us at more like 70% of the way there through. That, that makes way more sense. Good call. Sorry for misleading you out there. I'm sure that anyone following along is holding a book or reading a book and they can tell how much is left. And they're like, they've been going like, what the hell is data talking about? So, yeah, follow along with us. Six more chapters for next time. Music by Miracle of Sound. Thanks, everyone. And wasing to the time of next. Colo? PS Fashion. <laughs>